The following podcast is a Dear Media production. This episode is brought to you by Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning space offering more than 20,000 courses online. I'm currently using the platform to learn a multitude of services. I'm trying to improve my skills on QuickBooks, which is our accounting software that's used. Lauren and I just recently talked about that on our finance episode. So I'm using Skillshare to brush up on some things that I didn't know for QuickBooks, but they have a number of tools and courses for a number of different subjects. So join the millions of students already learning learning on Skillshare today with a special offer just for our listeners. Get two months of Skillshare for just 99 cents. That's right. Skillshare is offering the Skinny Confidential listeners two months of unlimited access to over 20,000 classes for just 99 cents. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com skinny. Again, go to Skillshare.com skinny to start two months of learning now. That's Skillshare.com skinny. She's a lifestyle blogger extraordinaire. Fantastic. And he's a serial entrepreneur. A very smart cookie. And now Lauren Everts and Michael Bostick are bringing you along for the ride. Get ready for some major realness. Welcome to the Skinny Confidential, him and her. Aha. Your experiences from childhood actually create your sense of self-worth. Your sense of self-worth then dictate your behaviors, including your food behaviors. Those food behaviors then have a flow-on effect to the hormones in your body. That then shapes your body. And so if you want to actually lose weight and change the shape of your body, because we're not just losing the weight, it's where do you want to lose the weight from, then you need to eat in a way that supports those hormones, and you need to look at the childhood aspect of that. Hey, everybody. How are we doing? Welcome back to the Skinny Confidential, him and her show. That was pretty fire intro, right? That clip was from our guest of the show today, Dana James. On this episode, we talk all things health and wellness, weight management, weight loss, dieting, fitness, you name it. We talk about the archetypes of diet, the different archetypes, and Dana dives into that. So for anybody that's interested in nutrition, health, wellness, this is the episode for you. My name is Michael Bostic. I am a serial entrepreneur and CEO of the podcast network, Dear Media. Across from me, my wife, Lauren Everts. Go, Lauren. Lauren Everts Bostic with a hyphen. It depends. It depends on the day we're having. I'm Lauren Everts Bostic, the creator of The Skinny Confidential. It's a blog brand, obviously a podcast. And I also think I'm a serial entrepreneur. Can I be on that train, babe? You are on that train. You're running that train. I like it. Uh, this is a perfect episode around the holidays. Thanksgiving just ended. It's time to get back on track. My turkey gut is out of control. I have yams literally falling outside of my fat gut hanging over my stomach. Your dad did cut the line at Thanksgiving. There was a line of 30 people at his Thanksgiving and I told his dad that there was no more spicy corn souffle and immediately your dad hopped up and proceeded to cut the entire line of 29 people. Why does this happen to me at the end of the year? I just let myself go. Yeah, you and your dad. I'm I'm gross looking. I got like tits. I got like this big floppy sack hanging over my belt it's gross no he doesn't i'm gross no you aren't i gotta take better care of myself oh anyways i'm gonna re-listen to this episode and then maybe get myself back on track well since we're on the subject i feel like i should give three tips that have really worked for me to tighten up before we get into this episode these are just random tips and tricks that have really worked that i have seen results from The first tip is low-resistant workouts. I have been doing um, this workout called The Method with my friend Ingrid, and then I do the Skinny Confidential Body Guide with Kim Kelly, and both of those are low-resistance. So it doesn't spike my cortisol and give me all these hormones. It actually, in my opinion, doesn't make the skin sag because you're not running, 
right? It doesn't make the boobs sag because you're not running on the pavement. And like I said, it doesn't spark the cortisol. So uh, I would highly recommend trying low resistant workouts. It's been life changing. Another thing that I've been doing, and I think everyone should do their own research and be their own guinea pig, but this is what's worked for me is intermittent fasting. I've been doing it five days a week. I usually stop eating late and then start eating at 12 or 1. I do coffee with inulin or fiber in it, and that fills me up. And then I'll do tons of waters and teas. And it's not that I'm depriving myself. I'm just giving my digestive system a break, and that's worked really, really well. And lastly, the other thing that's really worked for me, and this is just a lazy girl hack, is a great spray tan. A great spray tan takes 10 pounds off the situation. I better go get one right away. After Thanksgiving, I was hauling my ass to the spray tan store or the, the, the tanning bed store, whatever you want to call it, to get a violet-toned spray tan. It's life-changing, especially if you're blonde. Try it. Island Kiss. Shout out to Mystic Tan. So those are my three little Thanksgiving holiday tips that you guys can try. Let me know how they work on my latest Instagram post. I would love to hear any of your hacks. All right, let's meet Dana. Before we jump into that, I want to talk to you guys about Skillshare. We talk about it all the time. One of our favorite sponsors, Skillshare. I love it. You should love it. You will love it if you try it. So what is Skillshare? Skillshare is an online learning platform offering more than 20,000 courses online. Currently, I'm using it to brush up on my skills in QuickBooks, which is our online accounting software. Lauren has just started taking an interest in the money aspect of her business, learning how to manage money. It's about time. It's about time. And QuickBooks is a really good solution for anybody that's, that's wanting to jump into their finance. And Skillshare has courses all around that service, how to use it, how to improve yourself if you already are using it and be professional. They have many other courses in many other arenas. You want to learn about social media. You want to learn how to build personal brand. You want to learn how to use After Effects, Photoshop, Adobe Premiere. You want to learn how to build a podcast. Skillshare has a course for you. One of the things I love most about Skillshare is it's taught by people like you and me, everyday people that just have expertise in certain aspects of their business. Maybe they're a Photoshop expert, photography expert, social media expert, and you can just get on there and put a course up. And I really love that because all these courses are presented in very relatable, identifiable, and attainable ways so that you can improve whatever skill that you're trying to improve. Like I said, it is the Netflix of learning with over 20,000 online courses. I love it when you guys send in all the different reviews and, and recommendations for the courses that you guys are using on Skillshare. There's a bunch of you out there using them, and I'm happy that you're learning about it on this show. So to try it out, go to Skillshare.com skinny. Today, Skillshare is offering all of our listeners two months of unlimited learning for just 99 cents. That's right. Skillshare is offering the Skinny Confidential listeners two months of unlimited access to over 20,000 classes for just 99 cents. That's less than a dollar to learn over two months, less than 50 cents a month. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com skinny. Again, go to Skillshare.com skinny to start two months of learning now. That's Skillshare.com skinny. Dana James is a triple certified nutritionist, functional medicine practitioner, and cognitive behavioral therapist. She takes a rare approach to women's weight loss and putting self-worth at the center of the conversation. James believes that we need to address both the tangible and intangible, food and feelings, science and spirituality, conscious thought, and subconscious thought. With that, let's welcome Dana James to the Skinny Confidential, him and her show. This is the Skinny Confidential, him and her. I can feel Michael's cortisol. You can? Yeah. You can? I can. Can you I can actually? feel the excitatory. And I, because I've started to mirror 
I was like, oh, my speed's a little faster. I'm going to have to. I think I'm just generally an anxious person. <laughs> no, there's Can a difference really too, right? Result? Whether it's excitatory or, or anxiety. It may just be you're excitatory, you're up. I, yeah. And, I've, and you just have excess adrenaline and noradrenaline and dopamine. <sighs> That's my way of being as well. Have you ever so, heard of essential tremor? I haven't, no. And why do you have to tell every single person? Because in the I may whole have got it. Maybe it's a misdiagnosis, but I, my hands used to shake. And like I've, I've always been somebody like, if I wake up in the morning, I'm, I just go. Like I, it's not like a wake and slow period. I just kind of can this get up and This morning, I was great. trying to meditate with Headspace, and it, it, he sees I'm meditating. And I, I like to wake up like a cat, very slow. And he's pounding on drawers and removing his boxers from drawers in a way that sounds like. Well, that's it's a stress like, release. It's yeah, not, no, I'm getting it. It's I, more I, stressful I for me to just sit there. Yes. Like, I like to get going. Yes. Uh, it's a heavy energy. different then. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I, haven't, I haven't done a scan yeah. of you No, I, I, <laughs> I just think that, that you need to like tone it down. And then he says, I'm worried about this. I'm worried about this. I'm worried about this. Who knows? And this is going to be controversial. I always thought that I would be good in like a, like if I joined the army or something, you know, like when they go like, jump out of bed and go, I feel like the, I, not, yes. that I would have been, not that I would have been a good soldier. I don't want to go that far because I've never been in the military and I get some shit. But I felt like I would have had the personality to, you know, kind of just jump out and go. Yes. I was right. talking to Lauren before saying, maybe that limbic system is a little bit on overdrive. And that's the, that's the adrenaline and noradrenaline. And it's sort of jammed on a little bit. So that instinctive fight, flight, go is like, that's, that's the drive for you. How can so. we have some tools to fix that? <laughs> it comes well, in he, handy, Does though. he want to? Or that's really the question. I think it um, comes in handy once in a while. Yes, it does. Once in a while, not all day, every day. Yes, because if you were about to be attacked by someone, he would be there. True. Right? Right there. He's not, like, thinking about it. He's going to be there. But I'm not going to get attacked by someone when I'm walking to coffee in West Hollywood. So it's like, <laughs> could you calm down? You like, never... Well, that's just... You're just the type of person that gets attacked. <laughs> no, we won't say that. Um, um, but, but yes, we can talk about that. So, yeah, for him, if he's got excess adrenaline and noradrenaline and dopamine, then then exercise and boxing would be really wonderful for him. And meditation may not be great because he can't calm the mind. Um, he could transition into that later on. But breath can be really powerful different types of breath a okay. box from 12 to 21 okay yeah. but do you, now you're not get 21 anymore it. so maybe we should get you back get, get, get back, get back into it <laughs> um but i was saying this essential tremor thing I, I when i was a kid i was why with my handshake and i couldn't figure it out and also you know when someone comes up behind you and they like, clap your hands and you get like that kind of feeling it's like it gets you, kind of like, when uh, I'm uh, you get a quick adrenaline, adrenaline yes. so i don't get a lot of that right mm -hmm. like and so the doctor told me and I, he, maybe i'm wrong who knows that my body constantly is releasing a little bit of adrenaline yes and so I don't have the same like fear fight fight or flight reaction that a normal person has that doesn't have that right because there's constant adrenaline being released. I don't know if that's true, but it would kind of make sense to me because when I used to box, you know, like when you have those kind of like fear blackouts, I don't really get that. I, I can I can get into like a confrontation and be how I am right now with you, which is I've never actually talked about that, but it's strange. Like I can, mm -hmm. it's very like calm to me. It's not there's not like oh my god I'm in a blackout I'm in a rage I'm like I'm scared you know. So now that we've gotten his whole autobiography, <laughs> what do you what do you think are some tips and tricks that people who have high cortisol can do? You said boxing, not meditating. Well, I think we'll step back from that because cortisol is produced from one part of the adrenals and then there's adrenaline and noradrenaline which are produced from the another component of the adrenals and and they're different and so like he might have normal levels of cortisol but elevated levels of adrenaline and noradrenaline and i was feeling it i was picking it up in his voice and so if you think he's he's always on so he's 
like ready to, to sort of run away or fight. So the perfect match for that would be something like boxing or getting into that, just exerting that excess adrenaline and noradrenaline. And cortisol is a little bit different. So cortisol is that long-term stress hormone and it comes in after the adrenaline and noradrenaline and it's it's more chronic stress. And so for that, it's really looking at your lifestyle to say, well, what do I have going on that's causing me all of these stresses? And sometimes that's really difficult for somebody to look at because it might be that they're in a job that is really sucky for them and it's difficult to make that decision to actually leave or find something else, but that's actually what they need to do. Or they're in a relationship that is very challenging for them. And a similar thing, it's either looking at how to to work on having better communication with the person that they're in that relationship with or is it staying or staying or not staying so cortisol is more that there is it's the lifestyle and it's more a lifestyle change in that process by the same token you can be using things like adaptogens such as ashwagandha rhodiola cordyceps reishi all of those are really wonderful to sort of lower the cortisol levels how to rebalance those but they're, they're almost like a band-aid without you really looking at, well, why am I so stressed? What's going on there? But what we're talking about with Michael, this might be some type of genetic wiring or even um, just sort of what's happened, how he was raised in his childhood, that it's sort of always on. Like my natural way is also being very up, very sort of adrenaline and noradrenaline and dopamine driven. So for me, like meditating was initially really hard because I would just be in that constant um, think, 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 think. I'd be like ruminating or writing my to-do list or what was I going to do after I was finished my meditation and I really had to go into breath to be able to settle the mind because ultimately what Michael wants to do here is move where in the brain he's operating from so he's operating from the limbic part of the brain which is the back of the brain and he wants to bring it forward a little bit more into the prefrontal cortex prefrontal cortex is where it's more rational thought and so how do you do that? Well, actually, boxing is a great way to do that. Um, I bring that up because you're really in the present. Boxing lessons, up Christmas him. 2018. <laughs> and, and, then, and then breath does that as well. And it's not always slow breath. It's not like, let's go into this really deep breath. It can be <laughs> like that. Or there's one called fists of anger, which is a, it's a kundalini kriya, and you have an O-mouth breath where you're going, <sighs> and you do that for three minutes. Adds, that drops the excess adrenaline and noradrenaline super fast. I use that in my practice all the time. And, and I have New York women that come in and they're supercharged. You know, something's gone wrong with the subway and this is going on. And, you know, the babysitter can't turn up. And they're like, ah. I was like, okay, let's just drop in a little bit. And, and I do the, the O-mouth breath again, which is equal in and out with some, with some fist movements. And I put on a song and we do it for three minutes. And afterwards they open their eyes and I say, has the color in the room changed? Everything looks saturated in, in color, like it's like a techno color because they've just burnt off that excess adrenaline and noradrenaline. And then if we want to get into the esoteric aspect of it, you've got this etheric body that you can't see. And so you're moving like little tiny sort of black marks in a way from that there. So you just see things with a lot more clarity. Jingle balls, jingle balls, jingle all the way. Who wants to jingle some balls this holiday season? Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Guys, everybody really needs to get their hands 
or their balls on Woo More Play. Okay, let's Give the gift that keeps on giving, everyone. It's holiday season. Stocking stuffers to stuff your other stockings. You make some coconut cookies. Get a little coconut tea and maybe get some coconut oil lube. You guys have to try this lube. If you have not tried Woo More Play, you are missing out. It, it enhances the sex so much. I've only tried it 8 million times. We actually went down to Cabo and forgot it. And honestly, it wasn't the same. It wasn't the same, man. Just wasn't. Listen, we developed this product. We did a lot of testing. And when we say a lot of testing, we mean a lot of testing. Rave reviews. You've seen it on Cosmo. You've seen it on your favorite podcast. You've heard about it. We've talked about it. We've tested it. Time for you to test too. Try it out. WooMorePlay.com. Ladies, the men in your life will thank you. Makes a perfect holiday gift. Nothing like lube in a stocking stuffer or wherever you want to gift it. Eat it, lick it, suck it, fuck it. Get your healthy fats in. Go to WooMorePlay.com for 20% off. Use the coupon code him and her at checkout. Guys, get this for your wives, your girlfriends, your boyfriends, whatever. Just girls, get it. Get it for everyone. Uh, enjoy. So L- Lauren is always... Think, like she, I, I, she doesn't relate to the, the how like my, my pace, right? Yes. I think that there is a stress element to it, of mm-hmm. course. Like I get stressed, but I actually think that this pace for me, it, it makes me happy, works. right? It yes. works. Like I'm managing a lot of people, I'm doing a lot of projects, like meeting all the time with people. Like I, uh, and you caught me in the middle of my work day here, like we're in our office, um, and so I, during this time in this period of the day, like I like to be moving fast because mm-hmm. there's so much going on that it, the energy helps me get everything done. Yes. Uh, but then there's a time when I got to figure out how to turn that off and calm it down and that's where i think lauren sees the struggle but like right now in this like eight nine hour period when i'm in the office i love it because i'm just i'm moving and moving and moving yes so are you a really good multitasker i don't believe anyone is a very good multitasker but i believe that (laughs) i'm good at um, no he's really good at focusing in on one thing in a tunnel vision way and getting it done and executed and then going to something and having no um distractions i'm good at yeah if i i can have a lot of different um projects and stuff on my plate and can get it done but i'm not good at multitasking like whenever i lock in on something I'm like okay this is the one thing i'm doing right yes. now I, I do it to completion and then i move on to the next thing yes does okay. that make sense yes, but i do does. but i do those quick yes so going back to you know how do how do you sort of tone it down if it's sort of seven or eight o'clock at night that would be some physical movement right pretty intense physical movement or you could do the breath which that's very easy to do i want to try the breath stuff because i haven't done that three minutes really fast and a lot of times i'll work out in the morning too because i just feel like I work out better in the morning. I get, you know, at night I'm like, okay, I got to wind down. I'm tired. So maybe I got to, maybe I'll flip it and switch it around. So when women are coming into your practice in New York, I would assume that they're coming in and asking, how do I lose weight? Or I want to lose weight. And it sounds like what you, what, how you start and you can explain exactly what you do is, is you work on things they're not thinking of like cortisol and breath. Is that right? Yes. So Yes, 95% of my practice is women coming in because they do want to lose weight, but it's complicated. So they're coming in because there's adrenal fatigue or thyroid issues or digestive issues, um, mood issues. It's not just a simple process of I need to lose some weight. My clients are really educated. They know a lot about what it is that they need to do, but they're not seeing those results. And so what my background is in functional medicine and in cognitive behavioral therapy. So that's all about getting to the root of where the issue is 
whether it's on a physical level with the body, like cortisol, like insulin, like estrogen, like other hormones that may be uh, playing and making it more challenging for them to actually lose the weight. Or say low cortisol levels. Low cortisol levels make it much harder for you to lose weight because cortisol is actually a fat burner. Adrenaline and noradrenaline is a fat burner. Hey, we don't want that to be too low because otherwise there's, there's stagnation in the body and you actually, that tells the body to go in and pull out fat from the fat cells and use it as a fuel source. Why is it so hard to lose weight? Because I think out of everything I've ever done, it's probably the top three hardest things. Because there are so many pieces that go into it. So the weight loss equation has changed and this is where it is today. So it is it's food plus exercise. We know that it's sleep. It's anything that triggers inflammation will inhibit that process. So lack of sleep will cause that. It, um, so if you have parasites or bad bacteria or an overgrowth of yeast, it's also going to do that. So it's just looking at the gut microbiome. So that's really what I was talking about there. We know that that slows the weight loss it's hormones hormones have an influence so if your insulin levels are elevated then that puts a block on fat burning if your estrogen levels are too elevated then that is also makes it harder for you to to lose weight and then the final piece is really emotions so if you have unexpressed emotions and feelings then that can be a trap to keeping body fat on you and so, you know, I just realized that the reason why it's all layered like this is because it comes in terms of timing. So if we look at the 1980s and what the philosophy was there, it was all about calorie counting. Well, that's still valid. It's not the only way to lose weight. We can't toss it out the window because I work with women who are my size. I'm five foot four. My basal metabolic rate, which means the amount of calories that I can consume to stay where I am, is 1,200. It's not 2,000. And, and people just sometimes think that if they just eat healthy, then they can lose the weight. And that's not true because I can get somebody to gain weight by eating healthy quite easily. And if, you're, if you've got a basal metabolic rate like mine, then you have to really think about what you're actually eating from a portion perspective and you have to add the exercise in. So it's not just eat healthy and you'll lose the weight. And we've become so politically focused on let's not talk about weight loss and let's not talk about body image. And that's like, Why? Why not? Like, 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 if women truly do not feel comfortable in their body, then we need to give them the tools to be able to do that. I just think it's so individual to each person. I think saying, like, let's not talk about weight loss or body, I think everyone can, can sort of do them in the situation. If they want to talk about it and they want to address it, they should address it. And if right. they don't, good for them and more power to them. Yeah, it's, it's, but why is that the case? So it's like... If 95% of women are coming to me because of weight loss, then when we say that women should just accept their bodies for the way that they are, you're shaming a woman for wanting to actually lose weight. Because often when people come, women come in, it is that there's other things going on, but it can be also difficult for them to say, well, I want to be at this weight. Because if they, they feel guilty for not accepting where their body is today. And that's, that's just another layer of shame that goes into the piece of why am I not losing weight? So anytime we have shame or guilt, you may as well just put that into the fat cells. So part of my work is also going back and looking at, well, where are there experiences where there's shame and guilt attached to that? So when I was, I did my master's in nutrition at Columbia University and part of my dissertation was on shame and fat loss. And my proposal was, was that you actually look at... Um, uh, men and women going in for bariatric surgery and you have a look at their childhood experiences and um, there's a 
questionnaire called the ACE questionnaire, Adverse Childhood Experiences, and it talks about emotional neglect and and uh, physical abuse and other things. And and the research showing it was like two studies on that was that seventy six percent of the people that ha- were morbidly obese and going in for bariatric surgery had at least one adverse childhood experience, had at least one upsetting, had at least one experience from childhood that was upsetting. And and I see it in my practice that that. Your experiences from childhood actually create your sense of self-worth. Your sense of self-worth then dictate your behaviors, including your food behaviors. Those food behaviors then have a flow-on effect to the hormones in your body that then shapes your body. And so if you want to actually lose weight and change the shape of your body, because it's not just losing the weight, it's where do you want to lose the weight from, then you need to eat in a way that supports those hormones and you need to look at the childhood aspect of that. That's why it's so complicated because it's so late. But there's a solution. They, like I've, I've been in practice for 12 years and this is what I do. Right? I've only had one client who I haven't been able to get her to lose the weight. And that was because she was on a 500 calorie diet for three years, for three years. And actually I did. I had her move from 190 to 172 and then she got stuck. You know, and then she got stuck and frustrated. And I was like, I'm sort of, I don't know what more to do here besides getting you to eat at a higher caloric level, which was much more than 500, but going beyond that to try and reestablish her metabolism. And she was really uncomfortable doing that. So we're getting to a very dangerous point, I think, in society where listen, it's not about body image or body shaming or how someone looks, but it's like we're getting to a, a place in society where people are using excuses to stop striving to be better. Like, I don't see why people would not want to be healthier and push themselves to be healthier. It has nothing to do with the way you look. It's like, it's a health thing, right? Like, yes, you want to be a healthy person. For me, like, image aside, I want to strive to be as healthy as I possibly can, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not it's not about the way I look. It's like I only have this one body. Why not push myself to be the best version of myself that I can be? And I think these yes. conversations like, oh, we shouldn't talk about this. We shouldn't talk about this. Just an, another excuse, another reason not to address a hard issue. Right? We're getting into a dangerous spot where people are just not facing hard questions and hard conversations and li- living up to the like challenges. You're absolutely right because some of those those questions are really difficult to answer mm-hmm. and so if we step back and take it from something really simple just about changing your food so when i work with men men for the most part are really good at following a plan you know if they decide that they're going to go on the whole 30 or do something like that they will follow it through and a woman can do that in january like she can stick to it because she's with a group of friends but give her a plan outside of that that community space and support and the emotions are always going to come in and so it'll be, I've had a shitty day, right? And so therefore, I'm going to go and I deserve to have my glass of wine tonight. And I deserve to have my half a bar of chocolate. Are you in my head? <laughs> <laughs> then I know your archetype. <laughs> really? Yeah. What's yeah. And so it was funny because... But it, comes, it, it comes down to discipline though, right? Like, of course, like there's a lot of things I think I deserve that, I, but I just know Wait, I'm Wait, hold on, hold you know. on. What'd you have for breakfast this morning? And let's be honest. I had a breakfast burrito. And? I had a couple donuts. <laughs> But, but listen, but that's, I'm not, I, that's, but you know what? Then I go and work my ass off. I work it yes. off. I got to, I do what I got to do. I, like Lauren says all the time, like she balances her diet, like she, like her balances her checkbook, right? Like yes. I know if I do something like that and I got to go bust my ass later, it's not just like this gluttonous, Hey, I'm going to eat like No, this. Michael's and, actually really good at it. Yes. But men, men tend to be good at balancing like that. They're just, there's a little bit more of this sort of black and white logical thinking. And we as women are, are more influenced by our emotions. That isn't to say that men are, that men aren't because they certainly are. Or another one would be my nurture archetype. So you fall into my Wonder Woman archetype because it's the reward eating. It's like it's like I deserve to have this, right? I, I, I've had that stress. I day. feel like we need you need to explain the archetype uh, archetypes in depth 
before you go into this? Like, can you give us all four yes. of them so we all can can check which one we are? So we'll start with the Wonder Woman. So the Wonder Woman uh, sources her self-worth from success and achievement. That's the, the basis of that. That's you. That's what Lauren is saying. And she is pretty cortisol dominant. So if she's going to store body fat somewhere, it's going to be first and foremost around the abdominal area. And she will be the reward eater. So the glass of wine, the uh, dark chocolate. She's very good at justifying things. What I have my banana rolls, though. What about those? <laughs> that might just be something that you really enjoy. No, uh-huh. no. Like, I have banana rolls oh, under banana my butt. Not... No, no. Under my butt. <laughs> Me too. Is that, is that I'm a Wonder us? Woman. <laughs> You're a Wonder Woman. Okay. Yeah, I'm a Wonder Woman. I, I don't know. I'm not sure what that is. I feel like I've had a banana roll under my butt since I was, like, six. It's almost like a banana shape of fat <laughs> right under your ass that's, like, holding your ass up. <laughs> just one side if people don't know what that is um, um, and then there's the the nurture archetype so she sources her sense of self-worth from giving to others and always being there she's very kind and compassionate she can fall into the trap of, of people pleasing and sort of codependency um, and so for her her uh, dominant hormone is insulin and estrogen and that often happens because she becomes a comfort eater because there's nobody comforting her so she's always giving and giving to others. And she will be the convenience eater. So she's the one that will grab the muffin or the gluten-free muffin on the way to work because she didn't have time to make the smoothie in the morning or, you know, because the blender is upsetting her two-year-old child. Sounds like, like a that. mom. A mom. Yeah. Not always. Not always. But, but, but it can be. So okay. it's that, that type of giving, giving archetype there. And she'll store body fat typically everywhere. And then over time, if she doesn't watch that, then on the upper thighs. And she has thyroid and adrenal issues that are her, her main concerns. Um, the Wonder Woman, her main concern is, you know, the excess adrenaline and noradrenaline or cortisol because she's sort of quite, quite hyper. Then for the third one is the femme fatale. And so the femme fatale sources her self-worth from uh, looks and um, her physical appearance. And um, the femme fatale, when she's balanced, is really sort of sparkly and attractive and fun and playful. When she's out of balance, it's the complete opposite because there's a fixation on on the body. And anytime the body doesn't look perfect, it can be very upsetting for her. So she's constantly off and on a diet, often tends to be a more of a restrictive eater than an overeater. And the goal for her is to really start to create peace with food and to go back into childhood and, and unravel why she felt like she wasn't the attractive kid because that's very rarely does it come from a place of the, the child that got all the accolades. It's normally from a little bit of a wound there. And so the body type there it very much depends on how she's actually eating so she could actually look like any of the other archetypes. Um, and you're not a femme fatale because you are interested in your physical body you really have to source your self-worth from that so like you're very pretty and on instagram i assumed you're a femme fatale and then as soon as i met you i was like no you're not you're a wonder woman (laughs) and then and then when you and i were actually when we just spoke before i was like oh yeah 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 you're the wonder woman since this episode's been a lot about health let's talk about healthy wine clean wine to get specific okay if thrive market wasn't the best already now they have a whole section dedicated to sustainably sourced wine okay you know me, you love it. We love Thrive Market so much. Outside of the wine, I love their beef jerky. I know that's kind of a weird segue, but I've been obsessed with it lately. They have cleaning supplies. They have beauty supplies. They have food supplies. All of it's broken down by diet. You can go vegan, you paleo, whatever you want. And now they have the wine so I can get all of my stuff in one place. I don't know if wine and jerky sound so good together, but to me it does. And... It's all clean and organic, and it doesn't leave you hungover. But who cares about anything when, again, let's talk about the wine. 
If you're going to go wine shopping on Thrive Market, which everyone should do, I would definitely go to the Italian section. So I went to the Italian section and I got the Sandrio Vese half case. Is that the one you opened the other night? It's so good, you guys. And I had two glasses and I was not hungover at all because it's organic wine, which we love. It's organically farmed and hand harvested from low yielding vines. So it's an excellent choice for late summer or fall. And we opened it up with a lot of pasta and some pizza and it was really good with the holidays coming up it also makes a great gift you can never go wrong gifting good wine ever it's my go-to dinner parties gifts birthday parties wine alcohol it's perfect so like i said definitely get the sandrio vase you guys you'll love it it's a full case they also have a half case you can't go wrong with it Uh, I would recommend it to every single TSC reader who likes a dry Italian red. If you're more of a white wine person, we got you covered too. I would also go to the Italian section if I'm being honest, and I would check out their white wines. You cannot go wrong in the Italian section. Uh, And like Michael said, it's an amazing gift. So if you want to get yourself some wine, get your loved one some wine for the holidays, go to thrivemarket.com slash skinnywine and take 25% off your first order with a max of $20. Again, that's thrivemarket.com slash skinnywine. Cheers. And what's the like main difference between those two? It's like, how do you just know that by talking to someone? There's an energy that people give off. So that's 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 how I could read Michael's energy. Okay, so and then we better go to the fourth yeah, one. Yeah, what's the fourth <laughs> one? We don't we can't forget the fourth one. So the fourth one is the ethereal, and the ethereal is very light and whimsical and airy, and you can really feel her her airiness. And she's typically quite petite, but not always. She's hypersensitive, hypersensitive to the world, and so she will tend to be quite lean and will only gain weight if she's been like numbing herself with food and not in the same way that a nurturer does. Like this is just because she's picking up on everybody else's energy and isn't sure what's hers and what's somebody else. Now a nurturer can do that too, but the nurturer normally takes responsibility for somebody else's energy. So there's a, they, they can often uh, miss, you know, get their archetypes wrong, but they're at the opposite end of the spectrum from each other. So the, the ethereal feels very, very light and the, the nurturer tends to feel quite heavy. How did you create this system of these four things? Work, I've worked with now three and a half thousand women and really it was over time, I was, it came in through women's behaviors Mm-hmm. And when I was looking, well, why why can't these smart women like change their behaviors? And as I looked deeper into it, I was like, oh my god, this is because it's where we source our self worth from, and that's our sense of self. It's our identity, and so so we don't want to change that because we get rewarded for our identity. So like the Wonder Woman, if she is having the glass of wine each night. She doesn't want to give that up because it may be the only pleasure that she's actually getting from working so hard during the day. And, and for her, it means shifting something with those behaviors. And that, that can be what well, I don't want to not do my emails at 10 p.m. at night because I don't want to, somebody to be thinking that I'm not performing because if I'm not performing, then maybe somebody's going to think I'm irrelevant. And for a Wonder Woman being irrelevant, that's one of the most painful things to, to feel, that you don't have that influence. And if you're, if you're hearing this and this is sending shivers down your body, you know you're a Wonder Woman. Right? <laughs> um, and like for, for a nurturer, it's like if you don't feel wanted, like your greatest fear is that, that you are not going to be needed. 
that that you would and, and somewhere along the way someone will abandon you that's not typically the case with a wonder woman because wonder women are so self-sufficient so you know that it the archetypes just it tr- they truly just came about from listening to women and really listening to women's stories and seeing all these patterns so when women come into your office and you know immediately what they are by meeting them is there a certain strategy for each archetype or is, or is it all the same strategy different strategies so, so, and sometimes I won't. Sometimes it will take me an hour to figure it out, particularly if they're an ethereal. So, like strategies, though. Yes. Speaking of strategies, so an individual comes to you because yes. I want to. Because here's from for layman's for people like me, a lot of this stuff becomes very overwhelming, right? Because you you mentioned so many things that factor into weight loss. Mm. Say an individual comes to you. What are the first practical steps that they can take to start their weight loss journey? Like, what does that look like? Food, definitely food. Like foods at the basis of it nothing or anything but food and so for the first three archetypes the exception of the ethereal that at least half of their plate at lunch and dinner should be vegetables that should be a non-negotiable there and then the remainder of it is split between some type of protein a little bit of fat and a little bit of carbohydrates now the biggest difference between those different archetypes is the carbohydrate content so for a nurturer, you pull out those carbohydrates, so the starchy carbohydrates, so that you're following much more of a paleo type of diet, um, but not so much heavy on the red meat. So you don't want to get caught with that. It's a lot of vegetables, half a plate of vegetables with a, with about five ounces of protein or so if, if it's a woman, um, and sort of two fats and no carbs. Now for the, the Wonder Woman and the Femme Fatale, their bodies are not so sensitive to the carbohydrates. So they should actually be having a little bit of carbohydrates. And if it's fat loss, then about a quarter of a cup and no, no greater than that. So you're looking at sweet potato, potatoes, chickpeas, lentils, um, um, black beans, brown rice, quinoa, all of those things. And it's really quite grounding for them. The other archetype, she actually needs more more carbohydrates than any of the other archetypes. So she should be following a little bit more of a, a vegetarian, vegan type of diet because it's just better suited for her body. And what results are you looking for? Like what is a, what does a pathway to success look like to you? Outside of just the general like weight loss, you know? Yeah, changing the shape of the body to get become more aligned with what they're looking for as well as a change in the mindset. So just really start to create peace with food, but also a greater understanding of themselves and their behaviors. So going back to practical tips, and because the food would be the first piece, the second piece would be understanding your food behaviors. So rather than getting upset with yourself because you are going and you know you've eaten two extra pieces of pizza or something like that, it's to go into the why. It's not just that food tastes good. Like there's an emotional reason behind it. Were you connected with you two go out together? Was it because, like, say, Lauren decided to have the pizza and she wasn't really planning to have the pizza? It's like, oh, well, I actually wanted to connect with Michael. That was part of it. And I felt like I just, that was that was a facilitator for it. And so looking at the reason behind that. Or was it that you were pissed off and angry with somebody? Like, what was that? And if once you start to understand the food behaviors and the emotions behind them, it lights up a whole other world as to why you do what you do. It's really powerful. So you, so you look into, like if someone wants to go have a glass of wine on a Friday night, you look into why they want the glass of wine. Well, the Friday night would be, that, that would be fine. Like it's just more if somebody wants it on a consistent basis and they're reluctant to giving it up. So that's, that, that is somebody using food as a stress-reducing technique as opposed to other alternatives, which could other alternatives from a stress-reducing technique could be Things that we already know. It's meditation, it's breath, it's yoga, calling a friend, taking a bath, like journaling, 
um, even getting onto to Instagram, reading a magazine, listening to podcasts. Like there's so many other things that you can be doing from a stress reduction technique. Is it anything that's like, I don't want to say you can't walk away. It's like that factors in addiction, but is anything where it's like each and I's like, I need my glass of wine because I did this, this day. So like, it's a non-negotiable. I need my, like, you know, hear a lot yes. of women and men say like, I need my drink at this time. Is that, that's when there's an alarm. I always feel like you should just not need anything. And Correct. if you want it, you could say like, oh, I'll have it today, but it's not a necessary thing. Co- completely. And it's the same with dark chocolate. And I use that one because so many people in my field are like, yeah, you can have dark chocolate every day when, you know, and it's like, whoa, 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 wait. Anytime you need something but when it's food related, anything, which is yeah, very anything. neutral, then, then you've got to question that. Why would that be the case? Right. You're using it for something other than what it's designed for. I think it comes to people too. Yes, you know, yes. You know, like yes, if you think I need that person, I mean, I need yeah. a lot of people that I work with. But, <laughs> but, but, but you don't need me. When people get in relationships, like I, they, I need that. Like that's not healthy either, right? Like you want to be around somebody and spend your time, but I think and it crosses over. Like you need it, that becomes dangerous. Yeah. Yes, that gets into a whole other theory of whole attachment. Um, um, but it's the same type of attachment with food and wine and everything, right? Or no. Um, in a really beautiful relationship, there can be this really supportive bond where, where you can feel like you need that person. Like that person, that person's presence is lifting and even physically lifting, but done in a healthy way. I'm playing devil's advocate because I need Lauren. Yes. Well, that's okay. And, and I'm, and really what I'm saying is that's not negative. Because okay. we've here we get into the politics too of, of things of like if you're codependent it's really bad right and it's like well there's a difference between being codependent and a mesh in a relationship and then being in a healthy relationship where you really want to be around that person and that and there's and there there is a need for that person so my my partner and I have a very healthy uh, secure relationship and um, we're away from each other for ten days and my entire body was like aching and no massage would take away the pain. He came back within two minutes. All those aches and pains went away. I had such a similar experience the other day when I didn't see you all week, and I just like I couldn't get to see him fast enough. I was like, "Get me like," and the second I saw him, I was fine. Yes, sometimes that's just beautiful love. Well, some people call it codependent to us. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's a distinction between it. Uh, so I, I actually have a question that's a personal question. I've been experimenting with intermittent fasting for the last four months, and I really like it. What is your opinion on intermittent fasting? Mm-hmm. Tell me why you like it. Honestly, yes. I like it because I feel like I have to make decisions all day long from the second I wake up to the second I go to bed that it takes a lot of the thought process out in the morning. I like it because I sort of have a routine and I mm-hmm. like coffee with my fiber powder in it. I have like a whole routine with it that I like. And I also like the fact that I'm giving my digestive system a break. I, there's something that makes my stomach feel a lot less bloated and heavy when I do intermittent fasting. And I'm never to a point where I'm like starving myself. I just like to eat at around noon. It it feels good to me. It depends on the person. That's where I asked how you felt with it. So if there's any type of adrenal fatigue and how would you know if you're adrenally fatigued you'd just be really quite tired um if there's and like you'd wake up and you're like energy you're like yeah so that's why it may work for you um you're like i just don't want to get out of bed or you're prone to anxiety so i am prone to anxiety in those cases i don't like the long-term use of intermittent fasting because 
when you get to a 16-hour fast, which is probably where you're getting to, the body will call on your adrenals to release the adrenaline and noradrenaline to put sugar into the blood so that it can try and, stay, try and stabilize you. If you've got a 12-hour fast, it's not going to do that. 14-hour fast isn't really likely to do that. But the 16-hour mark is about where the cutoff is. And, and so over time, that's not really what you want, just this excess stressor on the body because you're not eating. So what you said was part of the reason that you like it is as a routine and you don't have to think about it. So there are probably some really easy things that you could do instead. I would Im- I'm immediately thinking that a good green vegetable juice for you would be great or celery juice. So that way you're putting some nutrients in instead. And, and it's also easy on the digestion. So that would, that's my preference, particularly for women, because we have an, uh, sort of a more elevated demand for phytonutrients compared to men. It's just the way a little bit of our genetics are. So I really encourage women to really think about getting in those those antioxidants and phytonutrients. So something simple. And you know, all of this, the research on intermittent fasting, I've just got a question over what's the comparison. So when people say, well, intermittent fasting will stabilize your blood sugar levels. And it's like, well, what did you compare it to? What was the control group? So intermittent fasting, that group there, was that because you're comparing it to a group of people who normally eat bagels for breakfast? So you have to think about who are the people that come in to do the studies. Right, what's the general dem- demographic there? So there's not always a clear comparison there. And I did intermittent fasting for six months six or seven years ago when it was sort of the, the thing to do. And and I liked it in the sense that I didn't have to think about it either. And I normally ate probably one o'clock instead. But by the time that six months rolled around, like I could really feel the uh, non-groundedness within myself coming in and much more of that anxiety. I did not lose any more weight at all. Um, um, and I think that's one of the reasons that a lot of people do the intermittent fasting. Now, for men, I see it working really well. Yeah, personally. Yeah. Personally, I, th- I do 14 hours. I always tell Lauren, I think 16 is too much. I think 16, you start Wait, to but get... but you didn't know you were doing it. No, I didn't know, but uh, no, that's true. <laughs> but here's what my other point about that. I believe that putting the body into routine is not good. Mm-hmm. I believe like with workouts, right? You don't want to get in a routine, yep. you, you plateau. With diet, you get in a routine, you plateau. Yes. So for me, not uh, intentionally, I was intermittent fasting. Like it's like maybe have dinner at eight o'clock and then I wouldn't eat again until 10 a.m., right? That's mm-hmm. 14 hours, good. And it, But then the flip side of that is maybe one morning I woke up and it was like seven, eight and I'm hungry. I'll eat. Yes. Right? It's not It's not like oh, I'm, I have to stick to this routine. I do what, I kind of listen to my body in that regard. And it's worked for me. I don't know how it works for women, but I think what I see dangerous and i'll just use lauren as an example because that's the safest thing to do we've seen it <laughs> i think doing it just to do it for 16 hours is not the best way to intermittent fast if you were going to take that strategy michael's really smart uh sorry <laughs> but yeah he's asking you to trust your body yeah. and and that that's my preference i i do give a guideline of of fast for 12 hours because you know that should be about right. And you're it's just starving, a guideline. right? Like yeah. you're starving, you gotta eat. And sometimes, sometimes you will. Like, like sometimes I wake up in the morning, and I'm like, oh, I'm really hungry, and so I'm going to eat. And then I look back, and I was like, oh, that's just because you have vegetables for dinner, and you don't have any protein. And protein satiates you. It's got a really long satiation period. So for me, I'm like, oh, that's what's going on. What are some healthy additions that people can add to their diet instead of take out of their diet? So what are things that you recommend? Like, is there certain vegetables? Uh, proteins, even, uh, yeah, even great, fibers. Great question. Yeah, what yeah. are things we can add instead of take away? So getting into vegetables, so the cruciferous vegetables, so you're looking at 
Brussels sprouts, cabbage, cauliflower, um, um, kale, broccoli, like all of those contain um, um, the phytonutrients that help to detoxify excess estrogen and insulin. So I encourage women to really look at getting those in at least once, once a day. Um, and you can make something really easy by putting some frozen cauliflower into a smoothie. So you use half a cup of frozen fruit and then half a cup of frozen cauliflower. It's just an easy way to check it off that you've done it. When you're looking at, you can use the color spectrum. So if you're thinking, if you want beautiful skin, you want your skin to be really radiant, then oranges are perfect for that. I mean, orange, the orange color spectrum. So papaya, oranges, peaches, apricots, carrots, those are really wonderful because they've got what's called um, pro-vitamin A nutrients, which help with the external exfoliation. Sorry, internal exfoliation. So it's like using a topical exfoliation, but you're just doing it internally. So, and if you're looking at red, so tomatoes, which I love. Tomatoes are actually really wonderful. Don't don't worry about the nightshades. It's very, very rare for people to to experience any inflammatory reaction from that. Well, tomatoes in particular are very helpful for bone structure, uh, containing the, the lycopene. We also know that they're wonderful as a natural SPF. So they give you about a, a, a four. Um, on that there and once I was caught in Tulum without any sunscreen and, and, and then thinking that I put it on my face and, and, and spent all day in the sun and then I was a beetroot before I went to bed and then the next day it was perfectly fine and that's because I do eat a lot of red foods so we not, shouldn't just get caught up on the on the green there at all and then proteins so proteins no one really talks about this and it's something that I want to bring more to the surface of the different types of proteins so fish is really wonderful for women particularly when they want to feel a little lighter so you think of the energetics of it like fish floats so if you want to feel want to feel more sort of feminine and fluid and 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 like that way then you'd skew the protein more towards that if you feel like you need to be a little bit more grounded then you'd go more towards more towards red meat i look at chicken and poultry as sort of just a filler in a way like they're fine protein but the nutrient density is less than what you're going to be getting in either the grass-fed red meat or in terms of fish and so explain the energetics because of the protein because it's just how we as women tend to remember it but if we get into the sort of biochemical side of things like fish has it has a different composition of the amino acids but it also contains selenium and iodine and so both of those are nutrients which are essential for the thyroid function so that's why it's excellent for women to be eating more fish obviously keeping it on the side of the low mercury fish and so those are things like a wild salmon sardines halibut uh, lemon sole gray sole dover sole um, snapper those things like that and you're avoiding tuna and swordfish and orange roughy atoll fish so they're the main ones that you're actually avoiding dover sole is so good in no, fact I'm, now, no, now i want silver sole oh my god <laughs> from laconda veneta now i'm hungry um Okay, so so say there's someone that comes to you and they're 20 pounds overweight. Mm-hmm. Do you give them a prescription that you give the same person that walks in that's five pounds overweight or is it all different according to each of the diets? Really good question. So wanting to lose five pounds is different than wanting to lose anything else, whether it's 10 pounds, 20 pounds, 50 pounds or 200 pounds. So for anything other than the five pound weight loss, it's much more of a lifestyle diet. So it's, this is how I want you to be thinking about food and creating the plate this way. Once you get to the last five pounds, it is always more challenging and we know that because the body's pretty happy with the amount of body fat that you have on you at the last five pounds. So you need to trick it. 
And most of us do the same, eat the same thing over and over again. We eat 12 different foods a day, really. And we just repeat, 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 repeat. You get pretty comfortable. the same 12 things like every day. And and if you want to lose a weight, that's not uh, the most effective way to do it. Just as Michael was talking about, like with the exercise, it's not something that you, the food works the same way. The the body's really smart. You do have to shock yourself. The body wants a whole ton of nutrients. And the way to do that is is to to have you stagnate so you change it. So when you get into the last five minutes, it really gets into more dieting. Um, and there's, there's, there's tricks for that, which I which should really only be done under the, a practitioner's supervision because they can just get taken out of, out of context because they're just not lifestyle. And this is where we get disordered eating. Um, but there might be something where I'm using higher protein uh, content with somebody, much higher, for about five days. And sometimes when I'm using that, I'm expecting the five pounds to come off pretty quickly. Like you, you can imagine you're, you're, somebody needs to slim down for something for a tv show or or movie or something and they need to do it fast so you've got these little little tricks um but they're to be used for very short periods of time like five days and then you break and you go back to your normal way of eating like the lifestyle eating and then you might do it again depending on what else needs to be done but you know five pounds sometimes the five pounds can take you know can take two months um if you're not doing it in such a, a slight change way. yeah but for that person, it can make a difference. I work with a number of, of well-known models, and, and so for them, it's going to make a difference. What I shocked th- my body this morning with those donuts. <laughs> well, that's right. That's why I also encourage the off-plan meal. Yeah, yeah. You, like, <laughs> yeah. you shocked like, everyone. I got I to give the old system a shock with these vignettes. You had a big bite <laughs> yeah. of that vignette, and all this cream came out. It was, it was a whole thing. So I actually have a question about about amphetamines. I feel like a lot of girls mm. that I talk to will tell me that they're on Adderall or they're on some kind of a f- amphetamine. Like uh, someone told me that they're on Fenfen. I think that these things are going to add weight in the mm-hmm. end. Is that right? I, I mean, You're I don't know correct. enough about it, but yes. from what I've read, it seems like it just prolongs the weight gain so it's like you're like you're you have a piece of paper and you're just stacking stuff on top and stacking stuff on top and then it's just going to get bashed over yes you're absolutely right so they will see an an initial weight loss drop because the adrenaline and noradrenaline which are fat burners will enable them to burn more body fat adrenaline and noradrenaline are also appetite suppressants so they're going to see that initial drop but over time those adrenals get stressed Right? So, so the every time you take that Adderall, like it's forcing adrenaline in into your body. It's like stressing the adrenals. So I see seven years of somebody on Adderall, and then boom, the weight's up by ten pounds. And then what happens is that you need to restore the adrenals. You've got a six month to a two year process of actually really stepping back and and putting nutrients in, like the ashwagandha and rhodiola and cordyceps that we were talking about earlier, and really looking at your life as to what you can actually do to change that. So there's not so many emotional stresses because you physically stress the body out by by taking taking the Adderall. So it's a short term strategy. It's a very short short-term strategy and uh, with long-term the, repercussions yes yes yeah. the hard part is is that seven years down the track you're not thinking about that when you're taking it you're like oh yeah i'll be fine i'll be off it by then mm-hmm. okay and then Maybe you also you have a little seven years of uh, yeah substance abuse yes what, what does your morning routine look like i've got two because i split my time between la and new york so when i'm in new york i'm up and i'm out the door 
Uh, I have very little time to, to to get much else done, but I wake up, I take a tincture of some sort with probiotics. A what? A tincture of some sort. So it might be like What's a little a elixir. Oh, like an, an elixir. elixir. Okay, okay. So it might be rose water or might even just be some magnesium. So I'm making that and, th- and having my probiotics. And then I will do anywhere from three minutes to nine minutes of kundalini of breathwork that we were talking about earlier. Just really quick, what probiotics are you taking and what's the brand of the magnesium? Because we like to get specific. <laughs> so I like Claire Labs Theobiotic, which is a 12-strain probiotic. It's one that we as functional medicine practitioners use use widely because it's 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 very it's very good and you want the probiotics to stick and so they, they tend to stick. And then the magnesium, I love natural factors magnesium. Um, it's in a powder form and it's really well absorbed into the body and great if anybody has um any bowel movement issues calm is it I, called calm no it's not called calm it's just natural factors magnesium calm is fine calm contains magnesium oxide which is a little abrasive on the digestive tract so some people including myself have um, um when i take it it's it's i get stomach cramps so but for other people it's perfectly fine let me ask you this mm-hmm. how do you feel about stimulants actually something i want to talk to lauren about maybe which might as well just do it now on the on the, on the air mm-hmm. so coffees teas lauren's doing this new thing she's because i'm learning because i have to put the orders in the hotels and stuff she wants to do this (laughs) almond milk cappuccinos how do you feel about those almond milk i'm not sure i feel so good about it (laughs) so so going back to how do i feel about stimulants black coffee coffee. so so i like coffee but it's dependent on the person so i metabolize caffeine really well that's just in my my genes and so i can drink two cups of coffee and it's a non-issue for other people they don't metabolize it well but they're not drinking it because they don't feel good what type of coffee is it black coffee is it cappuccino i have a macchiato Okay. So, okay. so the macchiato, which is the, for those, it's an espresso um, with, um, well, it's marked by milk. So it's just a little bit of milk there. Um, so you're getting into the almond milk dairy debate. Um, uh, we have. It's unsweetened almond milk, right? Yes. It, it, I like almond milk. I recommend it to a lot of people, but I don't want it to be the only a dairy substitute that people are drinking because I'm seeing a lot of almond sensitivities. So people have gone gluten-free and dairy-free and what are their substitutes? It's, oh, I'm going to have my gluten-free bread, which is made with almonds, or I'm going to, and I'm going to have my almond milk. So the, over the last two weeks, um, I think the 10 food sensitivity tests that I ran, everybody came up with almonds being a sensitivity. And I'm not surprised. I actually wrote about this in 2012 and I said, are almonds the next gluten? Because it's just the more frequently you eat something, the more likely that you are to develop a sensitivity to it. So I would encourage you to, to you know, mix it up, try hemp milk, oat milk, um, coconut milk, so just something else there. But, but, you know, if all you're having is just, like this inch of almond milk I don't want you to worry about it it's just if you start putting it into smoothies yeah Michael leave my inch alone (laughs) going back to your morning routine you said you do your breath work and then and then I'm up and I'm at the door and I grab my grab my macchiato okay and and I grab my assistants I'm like hang on a minute my I'm getting my assistants coffee and then I'm in at work and then when I'm in LA it's I I have more time and so it's having sort of doing a very similar similar routine where I'm waking up and I'm having my probiotics and my some other supplements I'm, I'm taking and that very much depends on what I'm working on whether it's maybe adrenals or some liver detoxification I'm, your supplement protocol should always be dynamic based on what your goals are and um, then I'm making coffee and then I'm with my boyfriend and so we normally chat for about half an hour just about the, the day and it's just a wonderful way to connect and I really encourage people to have that time with their partner it's not just immediately up and out the, out the door like sets, sets up the day we took 
a walk this morning. Yeah, know. that'd be great. I walk, walk is great. Right? <laughs> and and then, then I'll do uh, my kundalini sort of meditation practice, which might be anywhere from nine minutes and sometimes it's up to an hour. And then... Do you do it with an app or do you just do it by yourself? No, I do it by myself, but, but there is a studio in Venice in LA called Rama and they have a site called Rama TV, so you can uh, follow along with that. It seems really esoteric because they all wear white, and but that's about enhancing their aura. So if you're interested in Kundalini, I'd like find a class and, and, and see if you like it. I found it to be really powerful the first time I did Kundalini, which was an hour and a half class. I came out like I was high from my breath, and I'm like, I am back the next day. Bronno and I- Leslie <laughs> said that too. They said that about Kundalini. You feel like you're high because you're breathing so much. Breathing so much, yeah. Yeah. It's a wonderful releasing tool. Oh. I feel like that right when I wake up. <laughs> oh my God, I'm scared of him. Oh. So let's talk about your adrenal tonic that you're yes. launching. Tell us about that. Well, this I really created it for the Wonder Woman archetype and also the Nurturer archetype. And it contains, uh, in a powder form, ashwagandha, rhodiola, and cordyceps, and some reishi, some cacao, and coconut milk powder and some coconut sugar and it's like you just mix it in a little bit of coconut milk and or almond milk and you can have that as a either a morning little elixir that I was talking about before or an afternoon tincture and what it does is it helps to rebalance those cortisol levels whether it's low low or high helps to reset that um, so it's a it's a nice it's a nice way to break in the afternoon as well. Will you be trying that for your cortisol? Hook, hook a brother. I'll up. be trying that. I need that. I feel like it's really wonderful. I'll, I'll send you. Can some. you put it in? And your... it tastes good. That's it... the best thing. It tastes really good because most of those uh, those powders just don't taste very good. And I was like, I want a one shot where I'm just mixing it in and it's like really good. You don't have to like chug it down. Just no, not at all. Really... No, okay. I'm I'm all about the taste of things. Like things need to need to look good and they need to taste good. Can you put it in champagne? No, darling, that no. You're just gonna enjoy that champagne. <laughs> if someone <laughs> wants to have a cocktail tonight and they're listening because it is Friday night here, what what should they order? What's your rack? Oh, I'm really boring. I say tequila on the rocks. Easy slice of lime. Yeah, that's the best. Yes, that's the best. And you don't get hungover. No, you don't. Not and it kind of gives you a little energy. Yes, tequila. it does. It's yeah. Sort of one of the only uppers in terms of uh, alcohol. Where can everyone find your book? Pimp yourself out. Tell us where they can find you on Instagram. So Instagram is under my name, Dana James, D-A-N-A James. And my book is called The Archetype Diet. And it's the uh, best place to find it is on Amazon. And you guys, it's it's so cute. The cover, everything, the Wonder Woman. Well, yes. it, wait, it, can Michael be an archetype or is it just women? It's just designed for a woman, but you can use it for men. And Michael is definitely a, a Wonder Woman. I'm a Wonder Woman. Yeah. I, always, I, always, I always knew it. Uh, deep down, I always knew I was a Wonder Woman. You're a Wonder Woman. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. That was so informative. Thank you so much for having me on. It was great. Hey, guys, don't forget to check out the new podcast site over at tscpodcast.com. All of the show notes from this episode and all of our others can be found there. It's a really awesome resource that highlights all of the great people we've talked to on this show, all the different books, resources, services, products that they've recommended, as well as the things that we have recommended. It also has a section for new listeners trying to get caught up to speed with the show. So go check it out at tscpodcast.com. Also, if you feel so inclined, leave us a review on iTunes. Really love reading all the reviews. And we will be back next week.
week. This episode was brought to you by Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning space offering more than 20,000 courses online. I'm currently using the platform to learn a multitude of services. I'm trying to improve my skills on QuickBooks, which is our accounting software that's used. Lauren and I just recently talked about that on our finance episode. So I'm using Skillshare to brush up on some things that I didn't know for QuickBooks, but they have a number of tools and courses for a number of different subjects. Think of it as the Netflix of learning skills online. So join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare today with a special offer just for our listeners. Get two months of Skillshare for just 99 cents. That's right. Skillshare is offering the Skinny Confidential listeners two months of unlimited access to over 20,000 classes for just 99 cents. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com skinny. Again, go to Skillshare.com skinny to start two months of learning now. That's Skillshare.com skinny. 